Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. This is episode 62. It is Sunday, May 20th. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And we have a guest. Once again, a pinball guest this time for a very pinball-centric episode. This is the unpredictable co-host of the Slam Tilt Podcast. He is also the owner and operator of the famed Silverball Saloon. Please welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast, the Punisher of Premier, the Saint of Stern Electronics, and the Ace of the Arkansas Auction, Mr. Bruce Nightingale. Bruce, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, guys. I love your show. It's, it's actually one of my top five now. So what does that tell you? Oh, well, it, tell, it tells me that you like us more than uh, the Pinball Players Podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I like the Pinball Players Podcast. I got no, my no, list I mean, in... you, you guys got to be on his list at number one. We weren't on his top five list. I know. You, you might have to make a comment about that right now then, I guess. No, 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 no. See, here's, here's <laughs> what I do. Here's how I can hide any insecurity about any flaws in our format. Or I always just tell myself, we are a mixed gaming podcast because we also cover video games quite a bit. So we don't really belong on those pinball-only evaluations. We we shouldn't get a twippy. We shouldn't be in the top five <laughs> of a pinball podcast because we're a mixed. We're mixed game. It's like broken token. We're mixed gaming. So I, I like the mixed gaming now. I really do. Well, I, I'm glad I, you enjoy I it. I listened to the whole through all the way through. I'm actually listening right now to your last one, and I'm listening to uh, how much uh, how much you guys like 41 hours of freaking uh, of gaming in one week. Oh my god! I don't know how yeah. you guys do that. Um, you, you, I'm, I'm up over ninety hours now. Oh my you god! Know, I've added another. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he he can walk you through his secrets. I think it all just comes down to one core thing: IV drip. But yes, I bow to you. Know, got, I bow to hydrated. Well, yeah. you got you got you. The the secret is insures because they're liquid, so you don't have to go to the bathroom a lot, and they're mm. filling, so you don't have to eat a lot. So you just sit there, and if you get hungry, you drink one, and you're okay for a while, and and you stay away from everything else. So you can just stay at the chair. Oh, insure on one end depends on the other. Exactly. I was just gonna say the same thing. Oh yeah, well, our minds are in the same place. <laughs> well, I uh, I really uh, I've I've liked I th- I don't know if I got in on episode one of Slam Tilt, but I okay. think I was in episode as of episode three. I actually lived in Syracuse for a year, so when I heard you guys out in central New York, I was like, oh yeah, I remember all that. Because I, I did my grad work out at, at Syracuse University, so great area, great area. But oh, the weather stinks up here. Yeah, yeah. The the joke they, that program was structured so you get your get through the the master's program in twelve months. You actually went summer to summer, and the the running joke was no one would put up with more than one central New York winter from out of town. <laughs> so they had to restructure that that program so you do with the summers rather than doing it two years with the normal semester structure. Yeah, you but, guys have better weather down there in Kansas City, definitely. Well, in the winters, but once we get in the summer, they, you know, as uh, the, the late Bill Paxton would say, it's not the heat, it's the humidity, man. <laughs> I know. Oh, <laughs> it's just, oh, it's brutal. Uh, well, we're in the intro section, so, and I've got a link in the show notes for folks who possibly, if they've strangely never heard Slam Tilt Podcast, to go and be able to listen to your show, and also a link to your new venture, the Silverball Saloon. Thank you. Uh, so I didn't know if you wanted to tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on with that. Uh, I've got a segment here later where we're going to talk more in depth about it, because you're the first person I've had on who's not just a pinball operator, but also owns the venue that yeah. deals in more than just pinball. Oh, yes. Uh, I My name is Bruce Nightingale. I am co-host of the Slam Tilt Podcast with Ron Hallett who um, 
is actually one of my really good friends. We've been friends for 15 years. So you get you feel the camaraderie when you're listening to us, which is a great thing. Uh, I've been doing pinball for 35 years. I bought my first pinball machine when I was 12. I bought a Kiss pinball machine. And I've owned almost 275 pinball machines in my life. And hmm. including probably about 55 to 70 arcade games right around there. Wow. So you're yeah. you're hardcore in this hobby. Oh, yeah. The games are mostly gone now. Luckily, uh, when I met my wife, I had a mix. And then when we bought our first townhouse, I had uh, about 20 video games, including Discotron, Dragon's Lair, Space Ace, all the, old, the video games. And my wife came down one day and she's like, I really don't like playing this. And I had only a couple of pinball machines. I had a Black Knight 2000 and a World when she says, I love playing the pinball machines. Can you get more you know, pinball machines and less video games? Oh, that's the wrong thing to say to me. <laughs> Needless to say, last year before we opened the business, I had 38 pinball machines in my basement alone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, you, and as you, as you've noted, you've gone through quite a volume. So I, I'm always interesting in hearing, and you somehow, you like have the, it's like the, the art of the pinball deal going on, but because I've you learned, just, yeah, I've from some of the best people I really have. I've been lucky, very lucky, but, uh, it seems like it, you guys should notice too, actually, hopefully when you have a podcast and people listen, you can see people will send, feed you information, give you information. And when it comes to games, I put out a, a wish list, and 99 times out of 100, I'll get messages all throughout the week saying, hey, I found this, or hey, I see this, and hey, I want, I think you should buy this, and unfortunately, I'm gullible. I'll buy anything. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, that, that is a good point. Yeah, so folks, if you're, if you're thinking about starting a, a pinball podcast, and hey, now is the time, because uh, we, they seem to sort of come in waves, and oh I remember... Well, when we, we both started the same year, uh, yes. we all started in 2016. And that was sort of a wave then where there were a lot of the, a lot of podcasts sort of seemed to crop up. Uh, you know, some of those didn't last and some of them were very intermittent. There were only a few of us that really stick to a fairly rigid schedules. Yes. Uh, and everyone needs to do what works for them. But mm -hmm. yeah, I've noticed that when I start bringing up games, uh, especially things I thought were really obscure, I'll get messages about, oh, well, it may be too far for you, but here's one I saw in an auction somewhere you might want to think about, or, oh, I've played that game. Dennis, you're making a huge mistake. You don't want to get it. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> sort, of, sort of things like that. All well, right, I, so just, I just got one of my new grails, which was the Gamatron, which they only made, I think, 125 kits of from Pinstar. So that's another grail I just got with my buddy Zach, who who joins us on the show once in a while. So now I got to find a new grail. Uh, yeah, Gamatron was one Tony and I actually got an opportunity to play at TPF. They had like one was like I don't know if it was a prototype or what, and it, like didn't have any art. But then there yes. was another one that did, and that's that's the one that's basically a standard body Flight Two Thousand. Yep, yep, it's a great game. We're almost right. got it fully running now, so we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I saw the video clip of the attempt to turn it on. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bad uh, driver board and a bad connection on the CPU. We got that fixed, me and Zach. And now we just got mechanicals and lights and sockets, but it flips now. And we awesome. have sound. So the, the, you know, the, the PBM board, which is the sound and uh, CPU partially bar board for the game, actually is working. So, yeah, it's actually a good thing. We're getting it working. All right. Tony, uh, what's been going on with you? I have been doing lots of Battletech. Mm. 
And <laughs> that's. Are you still under a hundred hours? Barely. Okay. <laughs> if I hadn't been on call for some of these days and had no, to work no, early, no, don't, don't, and, don't, and don't explain that. In, under hundred makes you sound sane but still. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly under a hundred hours. So, um, I did play Overwatch the other day. Okay, plays a strong term. I turned Overwatch on to buy the Mercy breast cancer skin, and then I turned Overwatch off. But that counts as playing a game that's yeah. not Battletech. Right? I've heard they've raised almost ten million dollars now. For yeah, the that's what breast I heard. Breast Cancer Research Foundation, and that's literally it when it comes to gaming, other than attending the tournament at Pizza West yesterday. Oh, yeah. We had our um, one of our monthly. We have two monthly tournaments in the Kansas City area. Uh, and so one of them was, uh, yesterday and we, we lasted a while. So that was good. I did. I wasn't two and out. So that's, that, that's I'm happy. Anytime I'm not just two and out, it's, it's <laughs> lasting a while. That's the descriptor. Nice. So yeah, I got, I got, I won my money back. So that was good. Uh, and then the weekend before, in terms of my introduction, I, uh, I did go to the Iron Maiden launch party out at the 403 club in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, did, I guess, okay. Not, not great. Not as well as I've done at other launches. Actually didn't get to play Iron Maiden during the launch. <laughs> <laughs> they, they do the, the final rounds on it. Otherwise, wow. you just sort of have to get assigned it. And I was. But when they configured the software, there was, uh, the settings didn't get saved. And so it was supposed to be a four strike tournament, but it was put on three strike. And so a bunch of people had just then been dropped off and the rest of us were ready to play. And then they realized, Oh wait, we've eliminated people and mathematically no one should be out of the tournament yet. So uh-huh. they had to go in and rebuild the entire tournament and get us back to our proper strikes. And then, of course, the games got reassigned and I lost my opportunity to play. And I got stuck on Guardians again. Mm. Yeah. You I, played Guardians a lot last time. I there, did. Too. I like, did. I have a mixed uh, record on Guardians. I mean, I know the new software is a little more balanced. I still mostly just go for Orb Multiball because I feel I actually find the shot relatively safe and it's mm-hmm. decent points. Much more, much better than, in my view, than going for Groot. So that's what I try, but uh, my results are mixed. And uh, only other thing I wanted to note is I finally got an opportunity to hear a couple more of the recent Upstart Pinball podcasts. One is called Riptide Pinball Podcast, and Ron and Bruce on Slam Tilt had an interview with the two hosts <laughs> of that, Steph and Crystal. Yep. Uh, and so I, I would describe it. There's a link in the, there'll be a link in the show notes to both of these podcasts instantly for people to be able to find them. I describe it as a, the, what you think of as the two host commentary format, very driven by current pinball events. Obviously the uniqueness is to my knowledge is the only two host women pinball podcast out there. So yes. that will give that perspective. And then the other podcast is the Meltdown Pinball Podcast with a former guest host of ours, Steve Bowden. He's doing that along with uh, Nikki De Lasagna as she goes by. (laughs) And uh, I don't know what the format is. I'm going to call it experimental. Uh, the, the first, the first episode was an Allentown recap with a lot of alcohol involved. And the second was, I don't know what it was. It was, it was, Interesting. It was interesting. It reminded me of, um, of almost a, like, Doctor Strange love meets a, a book, which I'm sure that was a book, but I never read the book because I'm sad. <laughs> but anyway, 
Enough, enough with these intros. Enough with these intros. We got, we got news. Uh, and I know, uh, you've already talked about some of these items because we're on a fortnightly schedule. So some of this stuff is older and then some of the stuff is newer. Uh, so I want to, I want to kick this off with highway pinball, <laughs> which we talked about at great length in the last episode. And I, I know, uh, Bruce, you've got very strong feelings about, about highway and what their chances ever were going to be. Yep. And so. Anyway, Pinball News has published the liquidation documentation, uh, and I have a link in the show notes if anyone wants to read it. It's a little over 30 pages worth of content. Uh, the summation, though, is simply that the company uh, is almost 2 million pounds in debt at the time mm-hmm. of the filing, and yeah. the document list of assets seems to suggest that uh, a lot of stuff was looks like was already transfer- transferred over to Pinball Brothers. Yeah, which... So, if you read the documents correctly, they paid barely anything for those. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. going to be the biggest problem. Yeah, and I noticed that uh, while well, they claimed that there was documentation demonstrating that they p- play- paid enough money for some of those. Uh, w- it was all under like furniture, but that's really not a good description. It was no. more like production equipment. And the liquidator and, and the liquidator actually in England has the power to levy fines and charges against the other company. Unfortunately, since they're based out of Sweden, I think it is, or one of the Scandinavian uh, countries, I don't know how that goes now, since I know Britain's still in the European Union for a little bit longer. Who knows how that's going to work out? But, yeah, it's very shady. Yeah, I I don't... I don't like, I don't like the way this, I don't like the way this looks. I, I think that to me, it appears everything is in place for pinball brothers to start to manufacture pins. Be that, that they actually build them directly, which is what I'm thinking, given what pieces of equipment they were getting, or mm-hmm. if they were to turn to a contract manufacturer. Now, here's the part I wanted. I, I, that's all, that's all really well established. So we don't, there's, and there's not much else, much else to say on it. What I want to talk about is, do we think that Pinball Brothers would be successful given what happened with Highway? Is this is this a good idea? Will people buy these games? Let's say they make Queen. Because we saw that Deep Root said that they they were in talks about getting Queen and they weren't able to get Queen from Pinball Brothers or from Highway, excuse me. It sounds like <laughs> Pinball Brothers thus has it though, because I didn't see Queen's license in the list of assets no, for Highway. It was not. I didn't see yeah, any licenses not. in there. So yeah. so Bruce, what do you think? Pinball uh, well, Brothers comes out with a Queen pin. Are people gonna buy it? Possibly. It all depends. It, it, as you, I think people have stated in the past, like it has to be done. It has to be not teased. It has to do the anti-Jersey Jack thing and just have it. You have to have 50 made, ready to go. If they don't do that, hang, you know, forget about it. People are not going to give money. If they do, they're really they're even stupider than people giving money to highway. That was like a used car salesman given to that guy, mm. but I digress. Uh, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I, I cannot see I cannot see me giving one cent to this company. As our number one rule is for my podcast is don't give anybody your money unless you can get the product within two weeks. Two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> but <laughs> no, so it's a, it's a good it's, rule. It, you know, it's it's a great rule, but you know, I can't see them. It's a great – honestly, I love the license. If they actually did make it, I'd be very interested because I'm a big Queen fan. I'm a big 70s, 80s music guy. So for me, 
if it's a good game, knock it out of park. First two games, honestly, Aliens, I hate. I'm, I'll be the first to say it. I dislike the game. I actually like Full Throttle better. I agree with you. I, I think Full Throttle shoots quite a bit better than... There's just something about that Alien layout. I I just don't think it... Geometrically, it doesn't feel good to me. Yep. Even though I, I, I thought the code was interesting. I liked yes. the rules behind it. But those shots, they just... I I hate to say clunk fest because I feel like I say it all the time <laughs> on things. But it's like they took... They have all these ramps and stuff at the game. It's all designed to slow that ball down. Uh, versus full throttle, which outside of Demolition Man is probably the fastest playing wide body I'd ever experienced. Totally uh, agree. But yeah, it's just yeah, I just I couldn't really get in on on Alien. Tony, what are you, what are your thoughts I, on Pinball Brothers and would buying the Queen? Fit? I agree that I think the Queen would make a great yeah for a pinball. No, no, no. That I I think it's probably the best music license for music pen that's out there, mm. uh, based. You know, just on the history of what has been going and the whole dad rock way mm-hmm. of, of, of music pens anymore. But I think everything they've done was just shady as all, all get out. And it just seems like I don't think we'll see it. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I do think if it does happen, somebody's going to buy one. Mm-hmm. Somebody will pre-order something, and then they'll be like, "Well, how did I didn't know? I got screwed." <laughs> it's like, really, no kidding. You did. And the thing is, is more likely than not, it's going to be somebody who's gotten gotten rolled over by highway or mm-hmm. or zidware or something else in the past because it seems like that's the common. Everyone's like, "I had this issue, and I had this issue." And I, it's like, why are you still pre-ordering machines? It's a, it's a good point. I, I, I agree that in terms of would people buy them? Some people will. What, what I'm wondering is if how bad the, there's going to be a toxicity, I feel, that will be associated with Pinball Brothers. What I can't tell is how much based well, off of what's happened with Highway. Well, don't forget, people do forget. Look at it, look at American Pinball. With the well, beginning uh, with J pop and everything like sure, that. Sure, sure. People have now really, don't associate too much, even though he was in there in the beginning and made the Zidware through, you know, American Pinball. People now just like, uh, whatever. You know, I, I can live with that now, as long as I can get my Houdini. That it's, right. it, it's, you've, you got a good point there, Bruce. I, I think in the case of, and it may pan out that way for Pinball Brothers. What mm-hmm. I think worked to American Pinball's advantage was, were two things. One, they, after they realized that the being associated with John Papaduke was giving them so much blowback. Yeah. They disassociated from him, but for they also did go ahead and give him all the things to make the number of magic girls that he planned to hammer together himself, which so, he needed to for his uh, case right. against him. Yeah. Yes. His- so, so, so in a way, people get to walk away from American Pimmel and go, "Well, the Houdini that came out wasn't the Papa Duke Houdini. They're not. They're not employing him anymore. So that that concern got resolved, and then." They also kind of helped. They threw a bone. Granted, it's just a box of lights, but mm. they threw a bone to the Magic Girl buyers. I mean, they did, they did put the, at least get all the parts together for him. So they did something for him that wouldn't have otherwise happened. So some people, I think, kind of thought of that as their quote unquote good deed. Yeah. Because they just basically donated, because they didn't use his Houdini design. So they basically just donated him all the Magic Girls. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, given all that, I, that's why I think that ended up going going that way but time does heal all wounds in a way yes. as well 
with Pinball Brothers, I mean, so far, what I think will break their way is the fact that almost all of the blame that I'm seeing online in the realms of the pin side and the Facebooks <laughs> is that everyone's blaming Andrew Highway for everything. So it, whether he is a scapegoat or he's fully responsible, and it's probably somewhere in between. Yes. He's definitely the one. He's definitely getting the brunt of the hate right now. So there is that. But on the flip side, Highway Pinball, which was under the stewardship of the same investors as in Pinball Brothers for many months, has way more secured creditor liability than they do assets. Yes. It's like, it's almost 30,000 pounds insecure. That's like employee pay and benefits. And yeah. Stuff. So all these unsecured c- creditors, the not just the pre-orderers, but the parts suppliers and everything else, they ain't getting anything. Yeah, so how do you get parts now? You have to now find different people to get parts from, right. and board manufacturers and everything else. And yeah. when you when you have a scenario where like a distributor like Cointaker is out, I think mm-hmm. six figures in U.S. dollars. Yes. Uh, do they deal with people? Will they be like, well, I don't, I don't know. If, are they going to say, yeah, well, we'll give you a chance now, even though you're the exact same people? I don't know. There yeah, are a lot of people it. that. There are a lot of people who aren't just the buyers of the games who might make it difficult for Pinball Brothers to be able to sell based off of the fact that they aren't getting, they're getting screwed. They ain't getting anything. They lose. Yeah. Is it, it it full on seems like they invested just to strip everything and start their own thing. Yeah. If if that's, if that's the case and the signs, the signs to me are there. Ouch. I just, you know, this is a small hobby and people, people with power, people with power can squeeze you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Pinball Brothers does not have power. And they burn, like, every bridge. Yep. Well, that was fun to talk about. Let's shift, let's shift <laughs> to another news topic that's just as fun. Actually, it's, it's not as fun. There's no way to spin it in any way sort of positive. Uh, John Trudeau was arrested again. This is mm-hmm. fairly breaking news. Uh, for those that don't know who John Trudeau is, he was a pinball designer. He worked with Game Plan, Gottlieb, including the, is it, was it called Milestars at the iteration under Coke? Yes. Milestar yes. and Premier, uh, Bally Williams he was with, and then most recently with Stern Pinball. Mm-hmm. For those that don't know, he was arrested a few months ago, uh, allegedly for possessing child pornography. This new arrest is for sexual abuse of a young girl under the age of 13, at least at the start of the abuse, for a seven-year period uh, from running from 1993 until the year 2000. And so, and yeah. A family, it was, she was a family member. Yes, which is really yeah yeah i mean there's really not i don't really think there's a lot to say i mean from a hobby perspective trudeau has is already out at stern he was out after the child pornography allegations came to light Mm -hmm. there had been talk in the past about things going on in his history in Mm -hmm. this realm that of course people are now bringing back up because they're like what were the warning signs why didn't anyone do anything uh why why is this particular allegation coming out now? Person's probably an adult. Maybe they feel strong enough to be able to do the confrontation at this point. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Uh there's there's no upside other than if he's guilty, him getting finally punished for the crime. So but the one thing I still noticed was was weird, if you noticed if you really piece the pieces together, he's living in Iowa now. Yeah, yeah. I, I did see uh someone ask about why was he able to legally move when he was already under uh, under a, a felony criminal arrest? Even though he was obviously out out on bail. Yeah, I, I bet you. I, I bet you he had that. no place to live. So a family member then 
sponsored him to live somewhere else. I bet you mm. that was the case. Interesting. Well, I mean, uh, on the hobby side, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few more of his games up for sale, mm. just because there there will be some people that they they'll have that emotional association with it, and they won't they yeah. won't want to play the game. But there are enough people that don't focus on that sort of thing. I don't think you see a, a, any price movement or anything. I just think you'll see people probably sell some more of his games. There'll be more creatures on the market, and they'll go for market value. Yeah, and, and that yeah. will they'll just shift around. However, you know those that can look past or don't know the designers versus those that just can't. Yeah, there's a fair mm-hmm. enough chunk of the people who want games who don't know anything about the designers. Sure. They don't know the background, they, and they don't care. I mean, that's not... Right. Well, every all pins are a team effort to build. Do right. You, do you disassociate from... It's Those are interesting emotional questions, but that those are questions that only people individually can answer for themselves. There's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. No. It's just, whatever the answer is, it just depends who you whatever, are. Whatever feels yeah. right to you. Yep. If you're okay having it in your basement, mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. All right. Uh, another item, uh, deep root pricing. Uh, yeah, this is, this, is, this, is a, this is a more fun topic. Uh, a very brief one, though. Uh, so uh, there was a Pennside post uh, that indicated that there was a wide price range planned from deep root. They kind of hinted at that back when Robert was on with us in February, actually. Mm-hmm. And so this weekend, Pinball reached out. And I have a link in the show notes so people can go read that, read exactly what they got, got back from Deep Root. But basically they reached out and it was confirmed that there's roughly a range of $3,500 to $50,000 per model (laughs) planned. Uh, it appears they noted the numbers aren't finalized, especially on the lower end. It sounds like the upper end number was devised to appeal to one podcaster out there that yeah. wants to buy a very, very expensive pinball machine. <laughs> um, I can tell you that the one podcaster is not me. I am not, I would never pay $50,000. I wouldn't pay $50,000 for a car, yep. much less a pinball What if the machine. pinball machine was a car? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like a high tilt risk. I don't think so. I still, <laughs> I still think no. I still think no. Nudging is lane changing. Mm. But I do think, what, what do we think about if there were what I'll call commercial grade? Cause that's generally what people are thinking of when they're talking about collecting pinball machines, commercial grade machines at around $3,500. And what would that do? Is it viable to <sighs> manufacture and sell at that rate? And what would the response be? I guess from. Not just home collectors, but those that are operating at this stage. Huh, I wonder if we know anyone who's operating any pins, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't see them selling it at 3500 I don't I don't see it even possible. I, I, you can kind of figure out what Stern's cost is. And they've been doing it for a lot longer than Deep Root. But with a lot production. more secrets and labor and, and infrastructure to keep the cost down. I don't see. Guess what? We have people who are now in China with you know with HomePin, using the cheapest labor and everything possible, and he can't beat that price point. I can't see that happening in the U.S. That's that's an that's an interesting point. But as Tony was was pointing out, uh, have you factored in the power of of quad assembly? A quad <laughs> assembly is the is the way to go for everything, including building homes, building buildings, building everything. Cars. Why do you, you know? Why do you think he's you know he's got the market now? For he's going to be building Teslas soon. Well, Tesla's <laughs> not, so it would be nice. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't see thirty five hundred dollars being feasible. 
if not, it's going to be uh, maybe a box. Maybe he's doing maybe he's doing a Zidware way of just making a box of lights. And then you get to program it. Like he said in the past, you know, we're going to have more input in the programming. Maybe he'll just give you a box of lights and you go to town. You know, I one of the things that kind of crossed my mind at the, the lower price point would be, what if it were alphanumeric? That'd be well, actually the displays are actually more expensive. You know, you'd have to do it like an alphanumeric, like right, uh, but, but the code, yeah. but the coding wouldn't require any animation work. So yeah. that's where I'm wondering the savings comes in. Yeah, well, well, here's even a more funny thing is when you look at the pin two from Stern Pinball, which was the newer Spider-Man, you know, in the smaller version, uh-huh. that was thirty-seven hundred dollars. Yeah, but that did have the license of Spider-Man. I know. But you had the license, and it, but it was smaller and more compact, and they're still using the board sets. They're selling for thirty-seven, and it wasn't fun. It was okay. Don't get me wrong; it's okay, unless you get one of those. What's the what's the other one they made for it? The Transformers, right? No, no, the eighty thousand dollars one. Oh, 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 Supreme, Supreme, Supreme. Yeah. Then maybe, yeah. hey, you're making a good profit margin. Well, they then. kicked that up to having a DMD. Yes, true. See, very true. Got all those. It got animation costs. Yes, yeah, exactly. You yeah, have, but you have to have yeah. two whole colors. You have to have white and red. Mm. That's expensive. It That's is true. shading, so you get you maybe get a couple more, you know. And you have to but, put a lot of clear on that. Those reds will fade. You don't want it looking like a Bram Stoker's cabinet. Oh. <laughs> but no yeah, way. I don't see thirty five hundred dollars being reasonable. And of course, then I think the fi- the fifty thousand dollars for some podcaster out there was just a jab at him. Oh, you don't. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Poor gold standard. Poor gold standard. <laughs> but I, I love that. But, I mean, even on this one, this is great. <laughs> yeah. Well, we we keep it relatively. Than that. I try and follow the the Franchi rules of how to do a podcast. So, well, so I, I'm good with that. Even though one was direct, <laughs> directed me, and I loved it still. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next news item uh, was whipped. I I love I love it when we get to say acronyms out. So whipped, which is the new tournament that is taking place at replay FX, which as most uh, pinball listeners know is what hosts the famed pinberg tournament. This is the women's international pinball tournament. It's designed to be the largest women's tournament ever. And at least at present, the prize pool is in excess of $5,000. Yep. Uh, we do have a link in the show notes where uh, Kate Martin was on episode 121 B of the pinball podcast. Uh, Jessica speaks with her and I think Jessica helped out with this, but Kate is sort of the mastermind behind organizing this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, what are our thoughts about having whipped at, at replay effects in particular? <laughs> Just left the acronym. It's awesome. Uh, whipped. <laughs> I want them to do the like rawhide crack with it. Rawhide. <laughs> I'd actually have the whip beside the T in the logo for the shirts that they should be selling. You guys should be selling shirts, by the way. <laughs> I guarantee they will. Uh, Kate is very smart. She's uh, very uh, driven, which I love about Kate. I've known her for a couple of years. She's a staple down in New York City. And, of course, the she is uh, the one's girlfriend, which is another. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, yeah, she uh, she's she will get things going. I like her. Awesome. She's, so, I'm all for it. Uh, I do have... I I've always been... And I'm going to state this, you know, I've always been a little negative of separating groups for tournaments, a.k.a., you know, uh, women's tournaments and juniors tournaments and seniors tournaments. Because guess what? When I become a senior, Keith's right behind me. I'm I'm screwed. 
<laughs> right, someone's right. just gonna, you know, I'm gonna be sitting there right, going, "Great, right. I get to lose it's, them in two tournaments." <laughs> I, right. Yeah. I, I get. I get where I'm assuming where you're coming from is what is the what I really like about pinball, and that is outside of you know when you're like a little toddler with your little T-Rex arms. <laughs> uh, essentially, there is no there's no age or <laughs> gender advantage to be had. Yep. I I get. My ass gets kicked by girls and by younger guys, and guess what? That's what's going to happen. So you know, if you're if you're strong enough to, to to move the machine, then you have you have in theory all the physical capabilities to compete with the best players in the world. And so, there's a lot of great women players out there that are, I know by most people are underrated, but I know when I play them, forget about it. They are kicking my ass. Yeah, we have uh one of our area players is is Carrie Wing, who was mm-hmm. the she she won the the I think she was the only female winner ever of a Papa Circuit event actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I draw her name on the yeah, star, it's just it's... like, well, okay, I guess I got to go home early. But <laughs> what can you do with the, no, and, we have, just... and we have others. We have other really great, yep. uh, really great players. Uh, what what I do like I like the idea though of this, uh, and the reason why I really I like women's tournaments. Because it encourages an underrepresented demographic, in my view, to actually get out and play. And I'm hoping that if people go to these sort of things and see them, or even if they just see them, they'll go, oh, okay, it's not just for boys. Or it's not just for adults. Or it's not just for young people. And then they go and they say, Hey, I, I'm, I like this. Maybe they, they attend one and it makes them feel comfortable. Like, I want to, I want to play more of this stuff. And then they go to the more broad based sort of general open to all tournaments. That's so yeah, I'm hoping be. for a long tail based off of just getting more interest in a hobby, which is very male dominated. Yeah. Anything that brings more interest is a, is a good thing. Yes. And anything that makes people feel more comfortable and safe is a good thing. Yes. Yes, and with bells and chimes all over the all over, let's say the world, because we also have one now in New Zealand. That's a great thing for everyone to learn and to feel comfortable about playing pinball. And even if you're not in bells and chimes, other groups have their own variations of bells and chimes. Like up by us, we have the Buffalo Pinball. They have a women's league, which is great to see. And you know, Summer and Gretchen and those girls up there do a great job with it, also. So it's it's growing, and it's growing in the positive way. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. hopefully, eventually, where it does grow so much, they reintegrate back in. Yeah, but then they'd have to give up, uh, give up that, that the the cool acronyms and the cool names. Right, that's true. I Bells agree. and chimes is in it just an amazing play, mm. and I mm. think I love it. I just love just just just, just the name works so well. It, it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have one version in our area. That, you know, there's a, there, we only we have like. Actually, we have the Western New York Pinball League, and we have three women in our league out of 29 players. Mm. So it's impressive, but not impressive enough in my book. Yeah. You know, uh, the one thing see. on Whipped that I noticed is uh, that I thought this might uh, be a complication for them is uh, Replay FX is getting a little crowded with all of these tournaments going on at the yep. same event. Uh, yep. Obviously you've got that huge audience. So it's there, but I know the intergalactic tournament, which is for charity is running at the same time that whipped has to run. So it is humongous. The intergalactic. Yeah. So I, I think given how popular and the number of people, because I think 
a lot of people who don't get into finals for Pinberg do the intergalactic. So I, I don't think it's going to really like jeopardize the intergalactic tournaments having a solid turnout and, and generating a lot of charity money. I think they just had to work around what the schedules are. There's only so many days yeah, where replay yeah. FX can go on. Uh, yes. We would probably all wish that it was a week long thing, but, <laughs> but it's not. Uh, I have a hard enough time trying to get off to go. That's why I have part of the reason I haven't gone at so yeah. far is a combination yeah, of how far it to. is and getting that much vacation time. That's why we had to, we had to turn down the, the trash talk. What's going yes. on, Bruce? Why are you and Ron not locked in with the trash talk? Why does the committee work against you? Because uh, New Englanders hate New Yorkers. Enough said. Done. Uh, mm, Done because the Yankees are better than the Red Sox. Enough yeah. said. Okay, so all right, so it's ba- it's basically the sports ball rage that yes. that's undermined all this. This is because yes. I was wonder I was going to suggest maybe what you guys you you and uh, Ron needed to do was go on your Facebook page and just list and trash talk all the other podcasts that were listed, kind of like what Tony and I did. That's how we locked our spot up next year. But that's but that's how the ways like then I'd be cheating against Christopher Franchi's rules. Oh, well, all right. Here now, I I would disagree, and here okay. here's why. One, because I did it, and I can't be a I can't be a hypocrite because I would be <laughs> hypocritical. So there's that. Second, Christopher Franchi's statement only applies to the actual recording of podcast, which okay. you do in the written social media realms. Is com- it's a, that's a separate enterprise. It's a separate enterprise entirely. I might so. get kicked out of Facebook. <laughs> yeah well as i as i told tony i my my first version of it was exceedingly profane which as you know we don't we don't do no. on the podcast but off the podcast i don't feel i have that limitation yeah but this was so filthy i decided that <laughs> no 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 i actually did get blowback for what i wrote even with the disclaimer which i should never have done because the disclaimer undermines the whole point of trash talking as people yeah. called me out on yeah. and it's just like but you can't win because there's mm-hmm. there just people that get see that and maybe it was a little too close to home for for some i don't the worst part was that you did not keep a copy of the profane version for me i I wrote on top i just used the same word file i wrote i did three drafts and i was like okay we'll go with draft three so (sighs) that's how that's how i work there you go how i work all right uh Another really recent item that just came up a few days ago uh, in terms of pinball news is Dutch pinball. Mm. Now, Bruce, you have for a very long time had a fairly negative outlook on Dutch pinball. Do you feel that that, that I'm being fair with that statement? Oh, totally fair. I've met the guys many times. If anything, they were more used car salesmen than Highway was, which I didn't think was possible until you actually meet them. Uh, just, I remember when I was at Expo when they were handing out the flyers, you know, newest thing coming out for when the Big Lebowski was going to be announced. And they had the girls walking around in Expo back in 2011 or 2012, handing out the flyers and everything like that. And the push and then saying they were going to be better and arrogance and just, uh but, yeah. but, but it worked. Remember John Papaduke then at that time, he needed to have a presentation literally on a rug. He thought that the rug thing was, I don't think yeah. he understood what the point of the rug was. But. Yeah. I don't think so either, but yeah, just, uh, <laughs> I w- actually two years ago, I went, or a year ago, I went to, no, is it, it was 2016 November. I went to the Dutch pinball tournament out there and they had the big Lebowski and they had people from Dutch pinball there, including, I think it was a couple of the guys and, Talking to him about it. Oh yes, we're starting production. It's going full, and you can just tell. There's, you can tell when talking to somebody, a line of BS, 
and my BS detector was on 10 plus. Mm. <laughs> really well, was. Then, then you were in no way surprised by this news. <laughs> by this oh. news, there was an email that was shared on Pinside. I believe you can uh, find it on Pinball Supernova at this point as well. I, I don't have a link to this one, however, uh, that indicates that Ara, which was the contract manufacturer originally being used to build the Big Lebowski's, which has built all the models that have been released, they are all Ara built. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're the ones that are supposed to have forty in storage. Right, right. Yes. Somewhere in that area is what's believed about 40. And they have subpoenaed Dutch regarding their contract. And Dutch pinball said in this announcement that they were, they have been subpoenaed. They filed a counterclaim against the subpoena and that because of the legal happenings that will now be moving forward, that they cannot continue to work with Zytec, which is the contract manufacturer known for making postal machines mm-hmm. uh, and new Big Lebowski production is on hold until further notice. And the way the the email, the newsletters came from their newsletter was phrased was more like is on hold until forever is the tone yeah. that very so so I mean uh t- Tony, you also, much like Bruce, have been very negative on Dutch Pinball ever since they suspended production oh, yeah, back no. at the end of twenty sixteen. No, this seems like I don't know. I mean, is there a legal requirement that makes them stop? It's possible, but man, it sounds like a really good excuse to try and cover themselves for, it's not our fault that we're not doing what we've said we were doing, even though we've not been doing. I mean, even if it's not legally required, it gives them the perfect cover to do what they're, they have no money. There is no machines. There's nothing mm-hmm. coming. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I don't, I don't interpret this as that. Being sued meant you couldn't build things anymore. Unless there's an injunction, there's no right. reason to expect that. But you would expect if there was something like that, it would have been filed and we would, sure. we would know sure. about and, it. And people are starting to, to try and d- dig on this uh, to see exactly what the legal – because the legal documents will be public. So yeah. uh, to try – and of course, you have to find someone who's willing to translate them. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, Pennside's blowing up on this. Pennside's always been a weird place for me to try and monitor – Big Lebowski news because it seems like most of the people on Pinside who list their location as being from the Netherlands defend them. Mm-hmm. Of course, company and that, yeah, they pride. know them. Uh, right, yeah. they know them, or you know, it's uh, hey, we're finally we the Netherlands are building. A co- I, I get it, I get it, but it makes it an unhelpful source sometimes. Yeah, uh, because there are still some that are are taking Dutch's side on this uh bruce do, do you who do you think's at fault do you i'm assuming you think it's dutch and not ara i think it's both i think it's a both a mismanagement of a bad contract originally stated where the price was set for one there was nothing i think as going by dutch's and maybe even ara saying they could increase the pricing and ara did it i think two to three times yeah at least twice yeah so if they do have a contract this actually might be a good thing for Dutch. Because right. I'm, I'm assuming that's what the counterclaim's trying to argue. Yes. And that's and actually that could be the best thing since Ara started it. And if Dutch counterclaims and proves that, hey, they're in breach of contract, Ara, saying they were going to be able to mail these machines at this cost and they cannot, we they need to either A, sell us these machines at this cost at the number they've put in the contract. Or B, the countersuit can say, guess what? We can go with anybody else, but you need to pay us for lost time, lost everything like this. Guess what? In Europe, whoever loses the case pays for it. Yep. So guess what? It might be a win for Dutch in some ways. They might have been waiting for this the whole time. 
Yeah, I, uh, I, I've, I've considered it. I, I guess I lean. Well, the whole thing with the with the contract amounts changing it's, sounds weird. It's always sounded mm-hmm. like I don't understand what what our our had no pinball experience. I could kind of see where they were making the mistakes on it. Yeah. The the red flag, I guess, for me, where I've always been more suspicious on the Dutch side of it. Well, I guess it was sort of twofold. One, and I know this is one that you've harped on a lot, Tony, was how they lied about yeah. it being a board issue for so yeah. long. Rather than mm-hmm. just saying, we're having issues with the contract manufacturer, the machines are on hold while we negotiate th- through this. Uh, then I guess sort of a, then the second thing has been that they did not, they being Dutch, did not go to the lawsuit themselves directly. From the get-go, when they couldn't hammer a deal out. And if they thought, hey, we know R is in breach of our contract. We're going to get our legal fees paid for because we're going to win because the contract is in black and white. Let's sue them and and get the games that they've built for the amount that we agreed to. And then we find another contract manufacturer. Instead, they start saying this whole song and dance about how, well, you know, we, we're trying to be really good stewards of the money that we have. We don't want to spend <laughs> money and time on the lawsuit. We really need to move forward and try and get everyone their games. And I'm like, but... If you've been wronged, you need to break these people. Yes. You need to break them for the financial benefit of everyone who is a quote-unquote early achiever. And that they didn't sue to me was a red flag that they didn't think they had the case. Yeah. Now, coupled with the fact that it's Ara who initiated suit, Dutch is just countersuing. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think Ara thinks they have a case here. No, maybe that's not, maybe that's not true. It could be Ara sees that this is an ideal time to try and strike because they don't think Dutch can survive this whole legal yeah. process at this particular junction because they have yeah. no money coming in. And it was before the Zytec models were ready to come out. So, and some people have speculated this. I could see that angle. I just, the way all the pieces are, I don't know. I mean, the biggest negative I know of with, with the Ara thing is, Ara claimed that the, a certain date when the games weren't being built anymore and people know that the games were still being built back then. So some people mm-hmm. cite that as that Ara lied. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Ara quote unquote lied or the person they spoke to was just confused, it, but we know Dutch lied. They've admitted they yeah. lied. Yes. Which I doesn't agree. help. It doesn't help the trust thing because, and they've been so quiet on the community. A lot of people think that the only reason we know about this right now is because of the highway thing. And people were saying, where's a new newsletter from Dutch? They haven't said anything in over a month. Yep. So. <sighs> I still I still wonder where where whatever money that they have left has come from. Well, I've assumed it's just the, the account that they've been just, sitting just on. whatever is left out of that. Well, and see, part of the thing is no one's really entirely sure what our was and was not paid for. Obviously not the machines that they're still sitting on. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people think Ara wasn't paid for the first batch they sent out. I or think that's true pay- too. And so, and that could be the Ara angle here was even setting aside that we tried to raise the price on you two times. You didn't even pay us the original price. Yeah. So all the money you they got, it's just been going down as they drew salary. They may not still be drawing salary. I don't know. No one knows yeah. what's going on with the money. That, but Dutch has been, and we'll assume they were honest on this, they have claimed they do not have the money available to build out all of the games for all the early achievers. Their entire solution is modeled on the idea that they will be able to sell like how Pinball Brothers Controlling Highway was. We will sell new units and then, I guess, mix in old units while they go along and do it that like that. Because, you know, that worked so well for Alien. 
<laughs> Except I, I Big, Big Lebowski's a ten thousand dollar game now, which it's not worth. No. So yeah, I, I don't mean, see how you even think money. that that is how you could possibly make that work. I mean, there, there, there's just well, we need to sell more to get the money to make the ones we already owe you guys. Why would anybody give you money? Why mm-hmm. would anybody give somebody money? Oh, if I give you money, you'll give me my my stuff, and eventually you'll have enough extra money that you can give stuff to the people who've already given you a whole bunch of money and gotten nothing. Wow, this sounds like a really good idea. Well, it, it, this stuff always gets really interesting because you see the you see the rationalization process that happens, especially with people who already have money in. So if you look on the threads, you look in the discussion groups. And you have people going, well, if Dutch had just come forward and said, and I've seen it up to $2,000 now, and said, we just we need another $2,000 from all of you, and then we'd be able to give everyone your games, I'm sure we could get all 300 people to agree. Why? Why would you do that? Dude, because, are these the same type two, of people who go out and play Russian roulette with a semi-automatic? $2,000 more is better than losing 8500 for nothing. You see? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's much better to, right. lo- to, lo- to lose... Ten thousand five hundred for looking, nothing. They're optimists, Tony. They're, <laughs> they're like Bruce. They're optimists. <laughs> no, the best thing is when when they came out and said, "Oh, we don't have enough money to pay everyone back, so we will pay nobody back." Oh and yes, <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite line of the whole first video chat, and I just sat there like I have to rewind this and listen again, and I have to rewind this again and go and go what? Oh yeah. my god! Because what? When it fell apart with Ara and the, and everything like that, instead of doing this, cause you know what they're building, they're building a little pyramid model. Everyone's favorite <laughs> shape in business. We'll do a pyramid. We're going to build a little pyramid and get new buyers to be the top and they'll get their games first. Uh, because that, you know, that went over really well with the alien purchasers yeah. as people are just like, Oh, I've just all of a sudden decided I wanted an alien machine. Oh, look, I got it within a month. And yeah. then these other people have been in for years. Plus, you get these situations where you divide the community, you divide the hobbyists, because there are some that end up having to just, because they don't have what they want, they have, they're almost, they're obligated to root for Dutch pinballs every decision. Well, we have to try, when are they going to start marketing in Europe? We have to help them. We have to help them f- sell more of these games so that we can get our games. So you end up trying to support a model, which if you didn't have money in on it, you'd never have supported this idea. Right. But you're so desperate to get yours that you're willing to encourage bad practices. Now, I don't think Dutch is listening to anyone, so it doesn't really matter whether you encourage it or not. But yeah. Well, when the U.S. guy backed out a year and a half ago, oh, yeah, two Jeff. years ago and started, yeah, that was the true blue red flag. Stop, everyone. Don't do this. Mm. And I knew people afterwards that gave him money. But some people <clears throat> stayed out after that. I've still... Yep. Oh, a lot of people. But some people went in afterwards. But, so. You know, people just, you know, they they spend their money with their hearts and then they get heartbroken. Mm-hmm. And, then get, burn, and then they try to get, and then they try and get other people to bail them out. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very sad. Yeah. Well, uh, last news item I had for us to go ahead and move into is on uh, the growth of pinball. Why is that a news item? It's not. No, it is because because I had to do with it. So we, have talk, <laughs> we have to talk about it at least a little bit. All right. So this week in pinball, they they ran an article uh, this last week that I wrote, which explored uh, the evidence available. To see if uh, pinball hobby has indeed been growing, uh, which is it's sort of, I guess, in some ways, people are like, that's sort of an odd question. Isn't it obvious? Like, well, I suppose we all think it is, but Jeff actually asked me if I would do something that would be evidence based to sort of prove it. 
So mm-hmm. I tried to do that, but it's so it's so hard now because none of the big manufacturers let us know their numbers anymore. Yep. So it, it's very frustrating. So what I did is I and I have a link in the show notes if anyone wants to read it. It's not it's not nearly as dry as most of what I. It's not as dry as the stuff <laughs> I post on Pinside. I, I, I promise there are only like four graphs and two tables. <laughs> but but I, I examined competitive pinball play, which. Uh, Josh Sharp at IFPA got me. That's really useful data because the measurements are very consistent. Mm-hmm. And then multi-year data that I pulled off of Pinside regarding self-declared ownership. Uh, so my results say, yes, the hobby has been growing. There are more games from modern years. And by modern, I mean in the last five years owned versus the last six to 10 years, mm-hmm. which I think sounds i mean well we'll we'll talk about that and then the other thing on the competitive side was competitive pinball growth at least amongst ifpa sanctioned events is massive it's like mm-hmm. double digit other than one one number on one year which was still almost a five percent growth it has been double digit growth for like the last eight years it's just mm-hmm. it's, and per- percentage double digit so yep. i mean you guys agree as pinball as a hobby i couldn't measure other things like number of uh, I didn't have a good way to be able to figure out like the number of shows and the number of attendees at shows. That would have been a good way to measure. Yeah. Uh, obviously the number of locations I reached out to pinball map and such, but they don't really keep multi-year data mm-hmm. uh, and pin side. I asked for that, but I, I don't think they keep track of it in terms of how much was in there in 2008 versus now. But what are overall thoughts? Are we all in agreement that pinball has been growing, especially over the last five years? Yes. Yes, easily. With uh, the shows that we have local to us, which is uh, Allentown, the York Show, uh, and Pintastic, the three bigger shows in the Northeast, each one has grown exponentially. Boy, uh, Allentown's filled up. Originally, it was in the small side of Allentown's uh, event center, and now we're on both sides. And we're we are actually busting at the seams this year. So, it's it's growing. A lot more people are going to it. I know Ivan, who runs the Allentown show, and he says every year numbers are up, and he wouldn't wow. be doing it if they were numbers were going down. So nice. Okay, good. It's good to have some antidotal examples on the show side, and we've seen from uh, Texas, which Tony and I have gone to for the last mm-hmm. three years, uh, that that growth, the, yes. the interest in that. You know, everyone says now, everyone except maybe the people competing to do pinball expo that tpf is the new expo at this stage Uh, and i see why just given the number of industry folks that they get yeah and the number of announcements that if not done at tpf seem to be revolving around that springtime period that that kind of late winter february through april people try and push out their push out their announcement either do so or tried to until something made them back out chicago gaming uh, <laughs> yeah who, who knows on that uh yeah it's yeah it's it's interesting so it's uh obviously the manufacturer thing i don't i didn't want to mis- measure the number of manufacturers involved because no, uh, uh, game quantity is far more useful i fig- figure of a metric because if you start measuring quote-unquote manufacturers you, you end up counting things like all oh, right well deep root pinballs in existence but they haven't they haven't released anything so you shouldn't no. count them you end up counting Big Lebowski and they pushed out what 50 units. I mean, the fact that it's only 50 units over a multi-year company is the interesting thing. Not that it's a one whole company right. that came on the board in, you know, 2012, 2013. Um, Another metric you can use is actually the cost of used machinery. 
Oh, that's a good, a good point. Yeah. The trend, that trend line, that trend yes. line. That's why we have to rely on, would you buy that or won't you? <laughs> so that but I it's know just, it's just getting ridiculous. It really <laughs> is. Uh, you know, let's, I'll make everyone feel a little weird, but, uh, back in the early two thousands, I was picking up, you know, world cup soccers for three to $400. This is mm-hmm. the Williams world cup soccers. You know, I bought <laughs> three for $900. Wow. So, yeah. you know, and and you know no fears for eight hundred and seven hundred and Doctor Who's for seven hundred eight hundred dollars and and people didn't want these games. These were no. the bees. They were they, they were bad. They were bad. Bees were bad. Yes, and that's now, like shadow. Oh my God. <laughs> I know exactly. Nobody wanted a shadow. I remember when I paid for my first shadow. I paid eleven hundred dollars for my first shadow. Now think about it. You can't get one for twenty. You can't get a, you can't get a, a, a ready to play System Eleven for eleven hundred. Got it. Yeah. Well, maybe millionaire, but maybe. But who wants that? I don't know. Someone <laughs> trying to finally get the thirtieth game to compete to compete with New Zealand. Well, I gotta have maybe. the whole set. Mister Peck <laughs> is a hard person to compete against. <laughs> I, I do have an intro, a question I want to pose. I, I was going to do this in the intro, but I'm going to actually ask it now. And I was I was just thinking, especially uh, given your long history with the hobby, and you've done so many different things, Bruce. In it, is mm. there any sort of common? pinball thing that you've actually never done hmm if you want i'll I'll give you i'll give you an i'll give you an example for me okay here's a really common thing i've never i have never ever played a dollar game oh my god done that i'm trying to think i've I've played all sorts of competitive pinball i've played just pickup games with people never actually bet a dollar on a game result ever oh god i don't even know what i can say to that I know. I've you need things that, something that scrubby. You gotta, you gotta. I've, I've I've driven half. I've driven halfway across the country for a pinball machine. I have pinball machine shipped to me. Ah, uh, God. But have I, you ever said five minutes? Like, if you, did you ever have an instance where it was like, well, that game's five minutes away and free, and I'm not going to get it? No, that'd <laughs> be a good example. Uh, Never. You're not making this easy for me. It, honestly, I I any my wife will tell you. When it comes to, you know, pinball, I built the elevator in my own house to move pinball machines up and down. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> that sounds like perfection to me. Yeah, as, 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 poor, as poor Tony there doing almost 100 hours on his games, to me, you know, pinball is truly everything for me. And uh, we'll prove in a few minutes, hopefully, my addiction goes a little farther than most people's. Yes. Okay, well, so you've yeah. done everything common. Tony, yes. any, anything? Two machines at one time. <laughs> Actually, though, I know the one for Tony, especially amongst uh, pinball podcasting people, is you might yeah. be one of the, you might be the only person who does a pinball-oriented podcast that does has never owned a, a single Yep, I've never directly. owned a single pen. Yeah. Yeah. I will someday. I know. I know a few people that just have one that do this stuff. You know, and they mo- yeah. mostly talk location and stuff because you don't need to own to do it. It's just most people end up with one somewhere. Yeah. No, if I got a chance, but, I'd own one. I'm if, not against owning one. But if one. Nick from the Roanoke Pinball Museum would quit coming down here and stealing out on auction those campus queens from you, no, you probably already well, have it. No, I, we're blaming Nick. Yeah, we're blaming okay, Nick. That works. Oh, Nick, why'd you do it to him? His heart. His heart has been in a million pieces, and I don't have enough super glue to fix it. <laughs> wow. Nice. <Yeah. laughs> so, uh, Bruce, let's move into your insanity. I'm going to go to new, yes. our new segment our new segment for this episode. I'm, I'm calling it the Silver Ball Stats Loon. Mm-hmm. And I want to – so 
you, as you mentioned in the intro, you've, you've kicked off this new venture where yes. you're not just operating pins and yeah. I don't just mean a few. Uh, yeah. You're operating a number of pins at your yes. own venue, which, yes. which is a, is a bar. But I mean, it's to me, I, I almost use the term pub because you also serve quite a bit of food. Yes. Uh, we do, uh, it's a 3,700 square foot building. It is a multi layer building. So it's almost like a bi level house. So, and downstairs is our storage office and cooler. And then you go up four stairs out of the basement and you go into the pool table area, bowling. We have a 1962 ball bowler from Chicago coin, dart room and uh, foosball with our bathrooms. Then you go up four more stairs and you have the bar area. And adjacent to the bar area is our restaurant and kitchen. And behind the restaurant area where you'd see, we also have an outdoor patio area. And then up four more stairs is the pinball area, where originally when we first moved in, I thought I was going to have 13 pinball machines, and now I'm at 25. (laughs) Okay, so uh, my, my first question is, have you installed an elevator here? No, no. So it's all manual. Mm, okay. Well, uh, the uh, the ADA code will will probably want to have a word with you, but yeah, but I do have ramps. I do have ramps going for oh, into ramps the building, fun. and the must make it much easier for uh, you to get the pins around. Because yes, how often do you change up your change up the lineup? I br- I've brought I've actually taken only out I've taken out three pins, and since we've opened, I've brought in nine. So. Yeah. And a lot of that was that, that growth from the target 13 sort of thing. So as yes. you just, yes. as you've you just shuffled things around more and more. I have. And, I, and I have a couple people's pins who are not my own, but they have their own businesses. So they actually are legit too. And we have uh, one of our local operators uh, has four pins in here. Plus he also, he does the jukebox, the ATM, a couple of video games, which we have also in the building, and he does our uh, dart machine and our pool table. So I give him a taste to keep, of course, keep him happy because he's a great supplier for my other stuff, which <laughs> I don't have. Yeah, you know, if you, uh, I'd hate for something to happen to your ramps. I want you yeah. to just get, get, give me a taste. Just give me. Give me I just want to wet my. I just want to wet my beak. Yeah, uh, he's really honestly. I've known him before. I went into this venture, so it was only logical to go with him. It's only we're family. It's only we're family, man. We're brothers, <laughs> man. But uh, uh, yeah, my wife was always wanted to own a bar, so we were looking for that originally. And then I said, "Well, I can put the pinball machines in there." And we almost bought a place about a year and a half ago, and it fell through. So then we started looking in another area. And the good thing about where we're located now is right across the street is free municipal parking. There's 110 oh. spots right across the street. Okay. Wow. So nice. That is a big plus because you don't have to park at a parking garage in the town or anything like that or limited parking right across the street. It's a town. So that's that was one of the biggest perks for us. Uh, we're on the east side of Rochester uh, with our name, East Rochester. Uh, the municipality has about 16,000 people living in it, but we are in access of 100,000 people within 15 miles. So okay, good. okay. So quite quite a sizable uh, population to pull from. Yes. Plus, we also have uh, the Museum of Play, which is in Rochester, which I didn't know if you guys even know about. You guys should know about it because it has everything, including gaming and pinball and video games. 
Is that the location that houses the historical records from? Was it Atari? Uh, they have they have a lot of stuff. They have uh, okay stuff from Williams Atari. I, I've never actually, been. I've never been. It was actually Videotopia. Yeah. They actually got all the video games from Videotopia back in the nineties. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was. Uh, yeah, I, I've 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 definitely heard of it. I've never I've never been myself, but. I was doing another research project once and I need, I wanted, I needed the historical business records and wherever it was, I was like, I'm not flying out there for this. No one's paying me for this article. <laughs> we have to have some limit. Well, luckily I know the person that's one of the people inside internally. So if you ever need anything, I can hook you up with that person. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Yes. So, what, so what's your pricing uh, range on your games? From 50 cents to a dollar. Okay. Uh, 50 cents is for all of our solid state, which is uh, 79 through 85. 75 cents is most of our DMDs from like not, you know, 90 to 2007, 2009. And then the higher prices are L. I have an LE Star Trek up here. I have a premium ACDC. I have a premium Metallica. I have a brand new pro Iron Maiden here. So those are the dollars, you know, we're trying to recoup some of the money from them. The bowling 50 cents, the dart machine is a dollar 25 or a dollar and the uh pool table is a dollar 25, which is average in this area. Now, now why is the Iron Maiden a pro? Because Ryan from Head to Head Pinball told me that those are called peasant models. Because they are the least amount to break. <laughs> That's the <laughs> <That's laughs> <laughs> and and it's the first one you can get out, so you want to get when the you know the yeah. the metal's hot, you know. And it was very it was a it's a great game. I love. Oh the yeah, game. all the we've we've got one up at uh, at the KCK location. We have four hundred three club, and uh, the reviews from the and that's where most of the hardcore players go to play. That's like their home base, and the reviews are all very positive for Iron Maiden. Yes, as you would it's, expect for it being designed by the one. As the you one. Call him. As exactly the one. The one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so my wife wanted a bar. I wanted a pinball. We merged it together. In the beginning, my wife was running the bar, and I was working and doing the pinball on the side. And then about three months ago, I snapped at my work. I actually snap snapped. I said, "F this, I quit." So my wife got a, her, her old job back. She actually is now working back at her old company, and I am now taking care of the bar and everything else. <laughs> oh, it's a topsy-turvy, flipsy world here. Yes. So, uh, unfortunately, I get I get to the bar like today. I got to the bar at 1. My We open at 3 today, and my bartender will be in another. He actually should be here in the next five minutes, and he'll start setting up everything. And we'll go till 12 o'clock tonight, midnight, mm. and on the weekdays. Last night, I didn't get out of here till 3 o'clock in the morning. And oh, I got wow. here at one o'clock. Gosh. So it's a full time gig and, and keeping the machines. Now, I don't know if you've heard, you know, you've heard from me. I'm pretty anal when it comes to my machines. And you see, you seem to have a fairly high standard. I do. And I, 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 unfortunately I probably keep other people's machines. I want that same high standard and it's probably bad on my case to keep people at that standard. But for me, I want people, when they come to my place and play pinball, I want them to say three things. I want to go back, number one. That's the biggest thing. You want people to come back. And you want to have a good bar so people will come back. You know, Pinball is just a part of it. You want people to enjoy themselves, right. have a good time with the food and with the bar and everything else. Two, when they play my pinball machines, I want them to say, wow, 
these are some of the best maintained and best, you know. And if they do have an issue for number three, I want them to come to me and I will, A, try to fix it right then and there, and B, make sure they are happy. That is my three goals when it comes to pinball. And have, you think that's been working so far? I think so. I've We do have another barcade in the area, and they are big. They actually have less pinballs, but they have a ton more video games. And uh, I think the players, the pinball players are coming here, I think, because they know me. I've... I've been doing it so long and been entrenched in the area so long. It helps. But I think even regular players and people come here just to have fun. That's the biggest goal. Anyone can drink anywhere. I want them to drink and have fun. Yeah. So given you've been at it for a while now, for a few months, mm-hmm. uh, yep. what would you say, just roughly speaking, uh, let's talk some percent. Let's talk numbers. You know, I, I, I'm sort of a numbers person. I know you are. And so That's am I. Right. It's my only my only passion is numbers. I, it's the only way I can feel anything. So, uh, what would you say in terms of just uh, gross revenue or income? Uh, what's the sort of split? Like, how much is coming from the pinball side, or maybe just the entire gaming side versus the food and the drinks? Oh, it's twenty percent. Oh wow! Yes, I can. That is an easy number to pull because I know my. I know I'm like you with numbers. Mm. I have, if I look at my computer right now, there, between me and my my wife is an accountant. So what, what does that tell you okay. about that? Oh, yeah. I have to live with an accountant. So when it comes to that kind of stuff, there's spreadsheets all throughout my computer. And then we have a great POS system that shoots out so much data that sometimes I even get a little like, whoa, wait a sec, hold on. And we can actually break it down how much drinks we sell in a night and what we're doing. So we're we really want to make sure we're keeping track of our inventory. I, I am the inventory guru when it comes to this place. My wife says she's good with numbers. I could actually, she's even says like, you can do the inventory so much better. I'm glad you can do it. I'm glad you took over. This is perfect. <laughs> 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 Thank you very much. I, I love my wife. She's like, you know, but with our numbers, it's, it is a small, the percentage does help. It does. The pinball machine. Right. And I do make more because I, own more of the games so there is no split right i don't know if people know that there is a split when you usually have another person involved with your games usually it's a 50 50 sometimes it's 60 40 i've even heard some that are 75 25 but you know with me since i'm getting truly 100 percent of the intake on certain ones of my machines yeah I have to pay for my all, all of my repairs, but I can do most of my repairs. So it's not a hard thing. Uh, so in, in terms of the pinball games, what, what type of games uh, seem to perform the best? New. 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 Totally. Okay. Totally new. Uh, Williams are even, honestly, Stern, new, are killing it. Then older Sterns are better. And then you get to Williams are second. They really are. I'm well. We'll see next week. Next week, I'm going to be having an Adams family coming in, so we'll be up to number twenty six upstairs. Oh, mm. So that, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> People have been asking for Adams family, and one of my buddies finally got one, so I'll bring that in. And uh, but the older one, it all depends on the clientele coming in. Some people come in and see a fifty cent game, and they rather play two fifty cent games than one dollar game. Because I feel like they have more time. Right. And they 
play more. But certain players, of course, are coming in going, I want to play the newest game, or I want to play the flashiest game, or I want to play the game that the title interests me, like Metallica. My Monopoly is my number five game here. Hmm. Really? The reason why? Everyone knows Monopoly. That's true. Every they don't care what the you know the gameplay or anything like that. They see Monopoly. So and so the va- the vast volume of people dropping quarters into your games are what we would describe as casual players. Some it's a that's it's about a good. It's actually a sixty forty split between my my regulars, and then the casual is forty percent easily. Okay. Okay. But on the weekends, more casual players come out during the week. My regulars are my rock and my bread and butter. So basically, modern Sterns are sort of at the top, and then yep. the the Stern Electronics, and then the Williams. Uh, no, the Stern Electronics are the lowest. Okay, I was sure, really- I was gonna, I wanted to explore that a little bit because I yep. know uh, when I saw your your list of what games you have on location, that's sort of the. Uh, well, you probably got a number of stuff that's unique for your area, but just in terms of what I'm used to seeing versus what I'm not used to seeing, I don't tend to see a lot of locations that are willing to operate Stern Electronics. They are so easy, it's not even funny. They are actually the easiest games to work on. Stern early and Bally early, the board sets are almost all, they're all interchangeable except for the sound boards. So if I have an Alltech board, I can, you know, if I have a problem, I can pull out a new Alltech board, flip the, flip the dip switches, put it on the CPU, and see if I can get it back up and running ASAP. Can't do that with the newer Sterns. Can't do even, you know, some of the Bally's I can. It depends on what, you know, version you have, you know, with the uh, Williams Bally, you know, from the 90s. With the old Bally's, I'd rather have, if I knew they can make more money, I'd have more of them in here. Hmm. Yeah, in our case, I, th- I think it's been more that they're just not possessed, that they just don't have yeah. any Stern Electronics. Yeah. We did, one of our operators did actually for a while at least, uh, he had a Stargazer, so he did put it out on mm-hmm. location, uh, and he did that for the tournament, uh, and hardcore fans. Yeah. And afterwards uh, it went and he said, he no- he warned everyone that once it was gone, it wasn't going to go back out on location again. And yeah. I asked him afterwards and he goes, yeah, it, it just, it did not make money. Uh, it you, makes okay. It makes okay. It, but honestly, if I can get four more newer ones, I would slowly wor- wean them out. But in, in his experience, Adam's family, I think, uh, what is his tends to be his on average most consistent earner. Uh, where uh, when he's put it at the he services a couple locations and mm-hmm. Adams is back and it's currently at a at a pizza place, uh, which has tournaments at it. But mm-hmm. I know he'll get it moved back over to a pub where they don't do the regular competitive tournaments. But, you get, but everyone knows Adams. And so yep. with that adult clientele, it just it consistently just tends to be his highest performing game yeah. week mm-hmm. from week to week. So, you know, number yep. one or number two, depending if you got a new game in or not. Yep. So all right, I so know yeah. my top five. My top five are very easy to go over. What well, are they? This, number one right now this month is Iron Maiden. Crushing mm. them. Number two, Star Trek LE. Number three, Metallica Premium. Number four, Medieval Madness. Number five, Monopoly. Top mm. five. Other than, other than the Monopoly, the Monopoly it all makes sense. I get it, but it's still it always it, it, it's so it's weird to me. It, it is. And my Monopoly is one of the rare ones. So that's even everyone laughs at me like, oh, you, oh, got, the... you got LEs in here. And I'm like, they're meant to be played. <laughs> that's right. You don't. It's not. But what about the wild under glass? <laughs> uh, burn it. 
<laughs> it's making me watch. <laughs> my world is on fire. Rosebud. <laughs> I'm mixing all my but, movie metaphors. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, I know. But I, I, we're here to make money. And guess yeah, what? Yeah. That's what they were originally meant for. And they still are. Every game is meant here to make money. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and hop over to our game now uh, that we've been playing. Our ter- our tournament of champions here. Tony's brainchild of negativity. <laughs> the, the worst of the fall. Oh, God. You and everyone else. So we, there's like, when we did that vote, figure out, go negative or not. I, I don't think I've ever lost any poll so bad on this podcast. <laughs> it's like, no, Dennis, no, you, no, we don't want to hear People nice. don't want your happy and your light. They want the darkness. They want to know who to blame. Yep. Who's it for? Well, I, I understand because pinball is at least 50% hate. Yes, it is. It's probably more than that. (laughs) The glass is half full of hate and half full of air. Light, fluffy air. So what were the results from round four, Tony? All right. Round four's results. And a reminder that whatever has won was seen as the worst game. For anyone who doesn't know how this works, it's very simple. Uh, Popeye Saves the Earth beat Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street. Not really surprised. It's close. These are all pretty close. Do do you agree with that, Bruce? Do you think Popeye's worse than Freddy? Okay. Totally. I agreed as well. Yeah, this was 54%. So it was pretty close. Uh, Shack Attack beat Barbed Wire barely. It was 51%. I agree with that one. Okay. Uh, Lost in Space beat Space Jam, 54%. Totally agree with that one. I agree with that one. Yeah, too. definitely. And Viper Night Driving beat World Challenge Soccer. That was the biggest gap, and that was still only 66 almost 67%. Yeah, that one I don't agree with. Hmm. I've not played World Challenge, so uh, it's that I was, surp- no, I was at surprised. Least with Viper, you can actually hit shots. Mm. <laughs> World Cup is bad. Oh. World Challenge, I mean World Challenge, it's bad. No, that's on my wish list. People out there, help me! I want to. I want to actually try this game. I want to see how bad it is. And or I need find, to find an NFL. It. Any NFL one, you'll you'll get the full feeling of it too. <laughs> I thought NFL. That's uh no, that's Striker Extreme. NFL and Striker Extreme. Oh, that's right. right. Yes, that's right. World Cup. World yeah, Challenge Soccer is it's the car hop fun. layout with a yes. ramp. Yeah, terrible. Terrible, too. No, no, no. You changed your <laughs> mind is. now because you were thinking of the wrong game. It's all terrible. Yeah, it was. It's still terrible. Okay. Okay. <laughs> They're all... I'm just making my... I'm writing on my notepad here. All bad. Yes. Dennis. Dumb. <laughs> Turd. Turd. <laughs> Turd with a capital D for its grade. Ugh. All right, so what? So we're, right. we're down to the final four. We're down to Only the final two four. All right, what, what do we got? We what? got Popeye Saves the Earth is going up against Shack Attack. Okay, Bruce, which which one of these is worse? Shack Attack. That's where I've been leaning as well. I I just I can't remember ever playing one. I've gone and I've watched some footage now, so I'm not total ignoramus on this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it, the basket looks kind of neat, but that's about all. It's but actually, I, I hate Popeye so much. Rules. It has deeper rules than Popeye. But the one saving grace for Popeye, if I ever got a Popeye and a Shack Attack, I can take the boards out of the Popeye and use them in something oh, else. Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I no. cannot do that with a Shack Attack. I just have to burn the cabinet and just let it melt. <laughs> but no, could, can't you use your Shack Attack boards to fix up your Mario Andretti? Oh, God, I wouldn't want to do that in anybody's <laughs> case. <laughs> okay, uh, Tony, what, what's your thought? Between uh, these two? I'm probably going to agree. 
On Shack Attack. On Shack Attack. Yeah. Just basically, because like you, I haven't played it, but I've watched some video and this and that. And while I don't have your deep set hatred of Popeye. Popeye helped ruin Williams. My hate is well founded. <laughs> it's based on science. That's my hate is not, this is not irrational. This is, this is truth backed by knowledge. <laughs> Popeye did so much damage to that. I don't think it sunk Williams. It did them no favors. It only made them look bad. It shut down a couple pumps. It was, it was like, that was a time probably when they did that, they were probably thinking maybe we should acquire Premier and rename ourselves Premier. They probably were thinking the same thing and then instead decided just to put out Popeye. <laughs> I think Popeye killed the wide body too. I don't regret that that uh, byproduct. I of know, it. I know, you don't like the wide bodies. It's just geometrically inferior, but you, but you, you understand, you understand. You don't uh, want to admit it, but you understand. No, I, a lot of wide bodies. Why out you there like Gamatron more than Flight Two Thousand? That wide body just makes it. What's the worst thing about Flight Two Thousand? That wide body. <laughs> Terrible. No, because actually, you have sounds in Flight Two Thousand of the speech, instead in Gamatron, you don't. So there is a. Give and take on each side. That that's true, but nothing about the body size means that Gamatron couldn't have had speech. They just chose to laze out on that. <laughs> yeah, cheapness. Yep. But I yep. still like wide bodies. Wide bodies yeah. are very much fun. That's okay. We all make mistakes, Bruce. We all make mistakes. <laughs> What's our second matchup? The second matchup is Lost in Space and Viper Night Driving. Uh, I know mine. Know- Okay, well, I'll, I'll lead off here. I hate them both. I do. I really don't enjoy playing either of them. I Lost in Space is so... They're both boring. I mean, that's the thing. I think they're both boring. I think they both play really easy. They're both Segas. The I'll vote Viper. It's more offensive. That's going to be my. What, what's your stance, Tony? I'm going with Lost in Space. Okay. And, and I'm Bruce. agreeing with Tony. Okay. Lost I, in Space is terrible. It, 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 I only, I've only played it once or twice, though, and I had to play Viper Night Driving quite a bit. We had it on location for a while, and it was in tournament. And I just. The thing is that makes me hesitate is, you know, if it didn't have the stupid glow balls and stuff, the layout of Viper, it's not ter- it's not a terrible layout, but Lost in Space layout, I don't think it's terrible. It's just, it's, both of them have not good rules. No, like, it's, it's, I don't know. They follow the premiere. Bad yeah. rule. At least I have a few kind of goodish memories of Viper Night Driving because I was playing with friends and having a good time. And this you didn't play Lost in Space with any friends? Yeah, but not enough to have good memories of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I yeah, I don't, I can't say I disagree with the pick of Lost in Space because it, the impression it left was not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the the one saving grace for Lost in Space is because they made a relatively few quantity of them. If you had both, you would be able to sell it for more than Viper. Yeah, true. Was it three <laughs> hundred? I think. I think it's three hundred to count. Yeah, like three or four. I think it's it's yeah. yeah, it's it's sparse. It's sparse. Okay. Oh yeah. Well, all right. Uh, link in the show notes, folks. So go vote which which turd reigns supreme. <laughs> yeah, that's a a common slam tilt expression. Turd. I it is. I, I don't <laughs> totally it is. Much. But since you're here, we're gonna poach a little bit, poach a little bit from 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 the platinum standard. Yes. No, no, no. We are we are the brown standard. 
<laughs> what what can Brown do for you? I apparently you lost lost in space, but <laughs> all right. Uh, final pinball segment that I had outlined here was a, a discussion on the value of code. As I as I internally subtitled it, can the past be reforged? So. My idea for this was, since you're on here, Bruce, you Ooh. have a well-known and established dislike of Gottlieb, at least as of the Solid State era. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. So not even just Premier or Milestar. Go, just basically, it's like they put in boards and... And honestly, I can't say you've said all that many positive things about EMs from Gottlieb either. Uh, no, actually, some EMs are good. I like so many I know, EMs. I know you like a few, but, but you're not like they were the king of EMs. No, 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 no. What EM uh, uh, company do you, do you favor, broadly speaking? Uh, Ballet? I actually like the William. No, I actually like the Williams Four players oh. the best. Like uh, Argosy, Grand Prix. Grand Prix is great. Space Mission. Do you like yep. Space Mission? I like. Actually, do like Space Mission. You know, okay. even though it's a bad game, it's still fun. It is a fun game. There can be things that are fun that aren't good. Yes. Sure. sure. Like we'll challenge soccer, <laughs> which is not striker extreme. I know they're both bad. <laughs> I have only heard terrible things. I've never played striker extreme or NFL. Uh, uh, I've only heard terrible better things. Person. <laughs> so now when we're, t- when we're talking about Gottlieb in the solid state era, it sounds like most of the time, the issue that you've pointed out, Bruce, is that it fundamentally comes down to bad rules. Yes. And, and well, and also mechanics. Okay. So you, some of the mechs, you don't like the drop targets, for example. You don't like. No, no. I actually don't like the flippers. Any ball oh. I can trap on easily is a bad game for me. Now, wouldn't then that just basically be system three then? Because they didn't yes. go pointy flipper till then. Yes. Pointy flipper with the, the, the throw of the, uh, the shaft being so long that I can trap anything. I can trap four balls at once and <laughs> not have any problems. That's a bad design. I, I don't mind the slingshots, actually. The slingshots are good. The drop targets are pretty good. What about the spinners? Uh, the spinners are fine. I have no problem because you can go always to TX Sector. as one of the best spinner games out there from TX, the 80s. TX, 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 TX. So, you know, going that way, they did have a lot of good things. Wiring, terrible. Using color codes for wiring. I know every other company does that, but it was not known for you know, for pinball companies doing that. So, uh, terrible. Mm. So that's a going behind the scenes deeper into it. Okay. But, well, let's go. It's good. We, we want, we need a good foundation so that we can build our house of code discussion, but the rules are terrible. Yes. And that's Mr. broadly Beast, speaking, terrible. broadly speaking, that's what I hear the most gripe about. And anyone who, who's ever done any sort of preliminary research on Gottlieb, uh, understands what the, you know, their corporate decisions regarding parallel development and, how they weren't allowed. To, uh, there are a lot of reasons why the code sucks. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make it good. It just, it's, it is what it is. You had a few that came out. Okay. And a lot that did not. Now, the reason I wanted to bring, bring that up is, is as we've also noted in this show before, and as you have stressed quite a bit on your show, you are obviously a big fan of Stern electronics. Yes. Older Stern. Yes. Which ones do you not own? It's uh, probably easier to say than all the ones you you have because you've got you got all the obscure stuff. It seems yeah, all the two level games I do not have. So Split Second, Iron Maiden, the original. Mm, uh, yeah. What else do you have? I don't have Catacomb. Hey, there you go. I have a new goal. 
I want yeah. a catacomb, guys. See, listeners, <laughs> Bruce, uh, because I don't want it. So, Bruce needs a catacomb. There so we go. I have the new. Reach I have out, the new Grail. Reach out to Slam Tilt Podcast. <laughs> he needs a catacomb. If you know of an auction in Arkansas that has a catacomb <laughs> nailed to a wall somewhere, Bruce is your guy. It doesn't matter. He, he'll like do that Flint. road trip. He'll do. It. <laughs> People um, think I'm freaking nuts going twenty uh, twenty three hundred miles for a twenty three dollar game. <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with that. I, I like road trips. Just make sure you keep the the price you spend on gas off that spreadsheet, so it doesn't look like yeah. you paid more for that game. True, very true. Uh, but uh, you just, uh, I like. I, I have most of the Sterns. I have a Meteor. I, I, you know, some I don't have, like uh, Galaxy. But mm. most of the games, if as Ron always has said, Ron Hallett from the podcast, Stern made everything so cheap. They made the spinners so much lighter, so they spin better, so it's more fun. Mm. And you, you know, it is a it's a great com- It was a great company until mismanagement got in the way, and they started getting cheaper and cheaper. They had a lot of great designers. They had a lot of good engineers that moved on to other companies afterwards. They had the right tools, but unfortunately, the the, the 1983 arcade slash you know, drop off and buying Seaberg really killed that company. Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually it's interesting how many, uh, pinball companies have in their history, a purchase of another company that ended up causing, I mean, actually that was, that was what happened with premier. Yep. Their, yep. their decision to try and get into the, the slot machine gambling business, except they yep. couldn't get any licenses and it sunk yep. them. Their pinball division was profitable to the end. Yep. Even with their last, turd flippers. Yep. <laughs> and, last, uh, last year, even with Brooks and Dunn, they were actually yeah. they they had they made money on barbed wire. And they made money on everything. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have made money on barbed wire. Well, you know, <laughs> it was the nineties. We were more carefree then. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, uh, of the stern uh, of the stern electronics games that you have, uh, mm-hmm. ha- which ones do you uh, run cu- custom ROMs on? Oh boy. Uh, See which does not. Stars does not. Uh, my flight two thousand. I'm sorry, my not my flight two thousand. My uh, my nine ball. Ron's testing one right now. Quicksilver. Okay. We have one that's custom. Uh, Stargazer. We have a custom. Uh, big game. We do not. And uh, meteor. We do not. So uh, three or four. And luckily okay. we have the we have the access of Scott Charles. That's the best thing of all. Scott right. C, as we like to call him. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Shout out to Scott C. Yes, Co- code, the code math. The C is for code because he's the code yes. master. <laughs> so the, master. the the reason why I'm bringing it all up is that there, we have uh, we have games from Stern Electronics that had issues in code, issues mostly with rules that Scott is able to go in and using his C power kind of <laughs> fix, make them better, make them even better one. than they were. All but one. All but one. Which one? Nine ball. Uh, Nine ball has had from Stern. They had fifty revisions of code. Oh wow! Yeah. So what does that tell you? Tell tells <laughs> me they probably revised it forty eight too many times. <laughs> yeah, and and now he's trying a different revision to help with the. It gets confused during multi ball and with uh, multi ball stores. Yeah. So Ron's but, actually trying a new new ROM version. We'll see what happens. So what that made me wonder is, uh, what do you think? What do you think of? Are there Gottlieb games that if someone would code them, gets give them new code that could actually be turned from from turd to triumph 
that yes. there are some with some good oh, yeah. layouts. And I thought maybe we should talk, you know, just as because we've all played a number of, of these games, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like let's throw some out there. What What's one, Bruce, that you think is a god? Don't, I don't care what we have a system three or ADB or, or one or whatever that you think, uh, that if it just had new rules, it would actually could be an awesome game. Surf and Safari. It's a mm. staple. It is truly a staple at Papa and during, you know, a lot of the tournaments for Pinburger and everything like that. And they, I think they do have a little revision of it, but the Mystery Award kills that game. Where, you know, it's a low-scoring game, and, oh, wait a second, one of the Mystery Awards is 20 million points! Oh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the problem with Gottlieb scoring and Gottlieb rules. They just give away too much free. It's almost like what Sega did back in the... And even Williams did. You know, f- oh, third ball, multi-ball, third ball, multi-ball. If you haven't gotten a multi-ball by now, we're going to get that shot lined up and you can get that third ball and get that <laughs> multi-ball started. Williams fell into that also. Yeah, the uh, that's one of the when I, I have one. Pre- I own one Premier. I have a I have a Silver Slugger, and when I yep. get asked about about it, it's like, well, the one thing that I liked about it is I love the geometry. What yep. I don't like about it is the multi-ball comes from a mystery award. Yes. Now. To me, it's more tolerable than a lot of their other games because the multi-ball scoring doesn't seem all the all the modes come out of the mystery hole, and it doesn't seem lopsided like some of their yes. other games were. But it's still frustrating. So I would that would be one I would nominate that I think that game could be to the next level if you just made it so that the mystery <laughs> holes were ball locks. And you yep. do something to activate them, and then you just lock the ball, and that would be alone would be better because it's not like the modes are really special it's just like no nope. grand slam or home runs or what whatnot the rest of it though it's really really good flow game so well if you go to if you, if you go to street level like you love the street levels and talked about them many times hoops. i just think their history is really oh yeah, yeah hoops hoops is the best rules they didn't bias it towards the mystery they biased it towards shots and actually making the locks and the spinners that right. game rocks and I, I, my understanding is the worst one of the street levels on the rules perspective, I think, is Deadly Weapon, which, just like Surf and Safari, has a mystery award, which mm-hmm. you can't turn off, and it's just a massive amount of points. Yep. yep. It's just an eye-win right. button. Right. Well, I mean, uh, like, you compare with Silver Slugger, the, the most a mystery point award will ever give you is, like, is a million points, which mm-hmm. is decent points, but it's not, like, game-breaking, you're all of a sudden going to win. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas this, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a Surf and Safari, maybe the same amount, maybe 20 million. Just like yeah. a ridiculous amount, and you can't even on novelty play it doesn't go away. So yeah, Papa like has it on the list. Don't even if it's a casual tournament, do not play this game. Yeah, totally agree. Oh, whereas half the street levels are in are in that list. Like the three that are not in the list of don't play uh, because their scores are too lopsided, and the mystery are Silver Slugger, Hoops, mm. and I think uh, Car Hop. I think are the yeah. three that are, don't aren't they're, they're okay enough. Vegas right. is pretty oh, bad. Vegas. Yeah, Vegas was on the no-no list. Yeah. And so was the, obviously, Deadly Weapon. Deadly Weapon was on the worst of the don't (laughs) don't do it list. Don't do it at all. And uh, I I can't remember what the, whatever the one that we didn't name is, uh, that one's on their list, too. Uh, Oh, Title Fight. Title Fight. Too easy to exploit that that loop shot's too valuable. Totally agree. Totally Uh, agree. Tony, do you have a... I have a game and let's, let's broaden it too. You don't have to name a Gottlieb. You pick another more obscure company. If you want to say a, a Capcom game or, or Alvin G or, or Atari, even if you want to, <laughs> but they're all wide body. So they'll never be great. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of torn on this one. 
Uh, mainly because I'm not a good enough player where made anything short of a major rules problem, like say, uh, like we were talking about with the mystery awards or like Bugs Bunny's the end of the game. We're just going to flip everybody's scores type stuff. That's the stuff Ugh. that really, the, the stuff like that's what really hits mm. me the most. But I think that almost any of the games, especially the early solid state games, don't even need major revisions, but minor enough tweaks to make them a bit more matching to the current kind of play style and feel for a bunch of games would make them way, way more interesting to play on a repeated basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just the weird scorings and the this and that, or even going so far as to allow uh, within whatever the machine will let you allow, obviously, uh, uh, changes to just the general targeting and goals of the game I think would help. But I don't have a specific thing because I'm just not I'm not hardcore enough into the rules. Half mm. the games the, the rules for me is is that a flashing shot? I'll shoot that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joker's another bad one. Oh yeah, poor Jokers. Well, there's an auction going on today in Wichita, Kansas, uh and I saw they had a couple Jokers and I was like, "Eh, well, I guess if someone wants one, they'll be able to get one." Yeah. But uh Gladiators, that would be one I'd name oh. from Gottlieb, which just got that terrible scoring exploit. You, we played oh, it. At yeah, yeah, it's the. I, I think the layout's pretty. Clever, I enjoyed that but game, but it's way too easy to trap up up top, and that would be fine if the rules were changed so that you didn't have an incentive to just stay and live up there. You got it, but yeah. uh, you you don't. That was. I mean, I did enjoy playing that game, but yeah, no, that one could use a little bit of fine tuning. TLC, yeah. Bruce, could could Black Hole be saved with new rules? Yes, easily. Just the, yes. the lower playfield punishment? Is yeah, that the, the main? lower playfield punishment. Yeah. Honestly, that would actually make it, as Zach would say, yeah, it would make the game worse. I would say it would make a game better. Does it matter I, right now for that game? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so, so when is Black Hole going to the Silver Ball Saloon? Uh, never, because it will be a Gottlieb 80 system oh never in my place no just no. <laughs> I, I don't are you sure people are just they'll drop in the 50 cents and it'll be over in 30 seconds and yeah and, and then think be you'll be rolling in it you pour do you do you pour out all the quarters on the floor and just roll in it like i do you've been watching my you've been watching the cameras yeah. at my bar haven't you <laughs> yeah that's a, i love your security cams i love yes. the default ip addresses you stuck with <laughs> i swim i swim in them i do the old like uh scrooge mcduck yeah that's right <laughs> granted then you have to go to the hospital and say, just give me all of the shots. Yeah, I need yes. all of the antibiotics. Well, well he's Every got week. the he's got the quarters to pay for it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take you gotta take some hepatitis risk for some. You got it <laughs> for some, oh. some monetary reward. I got the okay. heebies now. Where's the jeebies? Well, I thought the, the last thing uh, to, to hit on would be actually in the video game section. So we will transition for all the people who need to turn us off now. <laughs> but uh, it's about the pinball arcade. So and so if you do like pinball, but don't normally listen to the video game segment, you can hold. They might. But some people hate virtual pinball and they turn us off for that as well, which is fine, which is why we structure it this way. But I know Bruce and Ron talked about this. So Bruce yes. at least knows what I'm going to say. And that is, this came out a little bit after our last episode, actually. And that is Farsight came out and announced that they are losing the license to the Bally Williams table titles. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, this is massive. 
for them mm-hmm. because yes. it's over 60 of yeah. a lineup of 90 some games. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, so they're losing roughly two thirds of their entire portfolio. Especially uh, the last, new ones they did is made. Yes. Yeah. They just got done with Bonsai Run, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sorcerer. Yes. Now, Scientific Games is the company that they used to be Williams. So Scientific yeah. Games controls the license. Mm-hmm. Uh, they indicated they wanted to go in a different direction. Last I heard, and I have a link in the show notes to the Blockade podcast where they have an interview with the vice president of Farsight. Uh, Farsight at that time said they have no idea what that means. So Scientific Games has not explained, but it wasn't an issue of Scientific Games saying, we want more money from you. It was, we're not letting you have the license anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Which that sounds kind of like you pissed us off. And so that's some of the speculation. So I wondered, t- Tony, is that is that what you're... I mean, one of the things I want to note is that when this... And this was covered in the interview. When they did the release of a pinball arcade on Switch, there was a disagreement between Scientific Games and Farsight about whether the contract actually allowed for the Bally Williams tables to be on Switch. Mm. So the game came offline and... Farsight yielded to Scientific Games. And so now that it's back on Switch, Bally Williams is not in the Switch version. Mm-hmm. So, Tony, do you think that's what this is? That they, that Scientific is like, you guys were in breach of contract. We don't trust you anymore and we're done with you. It could be. It could be that they were looking to line something else up for Switch. And then when they kicked out on the Switch, it became an issue, uh, possibly. But no, it seems like. It seems like this was a, uh, I don't want to say a fit of peak, but definitely seems a retaliatory type. Somebody was unhappy with somebody, uh, uh, issue. It, it doesn't sound like a, oh, well, just give us more money or we want more. Or, this is getting, it definitely sounds like a, no, we don't like you anymore. Bruce, what, what do you think's going on here? I think it's a total opposite. I think they want a piece of the pie more. They want the sales. So do you think that they're planning to make their own game then rather than oh, yeah. just trying totally. up they the see, license value? They see Stern making money off of it. They gave away the license cheap. Now they want the bigger piece of the pie. Guess what? You want the whole 100% instead of the 80 or 70% or, or whatever percentage they were getting, you know, maybe 20 or 30%. Who knows? But they want the whole pie. It's It makes sense. It, they have so many people. And plus, it makes they want to protect their licenses also. They use a right. lot of their licensing for the slot machines and everything else, as we've all seen, if you ever go to any one of these slot machine places. Oh, yeah. Or if you even go to their – I went to Scientific Games website. They have the Bally and Williams logos prominently when you go to the gaming section. Yep. So they want they want the money. I think it's all about money. And not getting it from somebody else, they want the full piece. I, I think it's – I, I kind of agree with both of you. I, I, I think it's fundamentally about money that they're not willing to, now that Farsight annoyed them, I think is definitely true with the Switch thing because with Farsight ultimately having to cave because Switch clearly was not spelled out in the contract. Yeah. They just thought however the language was, was inclusive of it, that that was still going on under this contract. I, at the very least, I think it was telling that scientific uh, was in no way concerned with preserving a relationship with Farsight. So that, yeah, that writing was on the Farsight. wall. That writing was on the wall there. And we're, we're going to touch on that too. Uh, what I, what I'm not sure of is whether Scientific Games is planning to, I believe they've done some stuff in mobile, in mobile gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
whether they're actually planning to, which would give them 100% of the money, make their own pinball game or if they're in talks with someone else that they think maybe has a better physics model and are actually just going to enter into a new contract, which is probably more generous to them than the contract with Farsight was. Like going to Zen Studios or, I mean, the physics on, uh, it seemed like every time with, I, I'm not going to comment specifically on the physics actually, but it seemed to me that Farsight was running into a lot of problems as they kept adding more tables, like Bonsai Run in particular, where it would break older tables. Mm-hmm. That's a really weird problem to have. It makes you look kind of amateurish. Yep. And I think the, which it may still be in Project Greenlight or whatever it's called, early access on Steam, but the Zakaria game, I think, plays and runs better than Farsight's game does. Yeah. And Zen just put out Pinball FX3. I, I don't know, though, whether, I guess I kind of lean towards Bruce's thought that they probably just do it on their own rather than contract with another company. But there are some other pinball, virtual pinball players that have engines that might be better than now, sticking with Farsight. Let me bring up another point. Back in the late 90s, Williams and Microsoft put together a four-game package, which was Tales of Arabian Nights, Black Rose, Creature from Black Luna, and I forget what the fourth one was. And the physics on that were incredible. Hmm, I've never played that. It's very rare, but if you go on eBay, you can find it once in a while. Unfortunately, you need, you know, it's really old software to run on. But the physics were almost perfect. And that's why when I go to play these newer ones, I still go back to the 90s saying, 90s had better physics, and now they don't. And it really confuses me. It really just makes my mind boggle. I, 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 the only thing I use Pinball Arcade for is just looking at rules real fast. I don't play it. I own maybe seven or eight titles. To me, it's not a, oh my God, loss. It's just a, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I, uh, I only ever bought, I, I have it on Xbox. I have the first two seasons on Xbox when they mm-hmm. were on sale. And then since then, I've been only buying on Steam for my PC and I only buy when half off. And they've, Farsight's announced that they, they're, Contract does not allow them to put these on sale at this point. Yeah. So I guess I won't be getting the last two season packs yeah. because I only buy packs on sale because I don't like it enough to want to yep. pay full price. I've got the tables I want. So. Yeah, yeah. And all, well, the first two seasons had all the great tables. Yeah. That's part of the issue. Now, you, Tony, mentioned about how this is going to break Farsight. Go ahead and elaborate on that. So well, what, I mean, do you, what, what do you think is happening? Because Farsight's official position is, oh, well, we have a great relationship with a Gottlieb license. We're going to keep doing that. And we're going to move over all the Stern pinball things from the Stern pinball arcade. They're all going to be in, in pinball arcade as well. And we might even go and do something like Capcom. Yeah. And nobody will care. <laughs> but, because but all the games, magic, all the games people want to play magic. are going away. And if they cut, and, 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 and if Scientific Games comes back, or somebody else comes back with all of these games, even if even if it's uh, an almost identical uh, physics engine, even if it's not something better, uh, that's not what anybody's going to want to play. Those aren't the games that everybody wants. I, I have not played the new Stern Pinball, but from everything I've heard, it's not very great. Mm. Uh, there's been some issues with it, but I just, you have 90 games ish and you're losing 60 of them. Mm. And they're the ones everyone wants to play. And they're the games that are the only reason anybody wanted your system and wanted your, your game in the first place. They wanted your emulator in the first place was to play 
these games because those are the ones that are fun and hard to find in the wild. I don't see how it doesn't just just tank their sales. They might get a sales spike here at the end as everybody who hasn't gotten around to it are all like, oh, oh, I have to get all the tables. I have to get all the tables. I have to get all the tables. But their sales after this are going to go through the floor. And they're never – they can release the season all they want, but it's not going to have the kind of sales the older seasons did because it's like, oh, oh, no, I I get to have the – never mind. I mean, no so, one cares. Bruce, do you, do you agree with Tony, or do oh, you totally, think that 100%. that air that airborne and barbed wire are going to come out and they're going to save this? Yeah, no, no, no. The only thing that could save them is if they if they actually get a little smarter and get the older Sterns mm. and the older Gottliebs and that kind of stuff. Also, that would actually help them a little bit because then no one's thought going that old. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with, overall, I agree with Tony. I think that this, just because so much will be out of the app, they're indicating okay. they're going to reshuffle what the, what season packs will have, what games and stuff for selling things going forward. Uh, I don't, I mean, the one thing for them is I don't know how many, like, new buyers are coming out and getting a game that came out in 2012 or so at this point anyway. Right. It's the issue. Is they've already, they already dropped doing a table a month. That used to be their thing. They always put out a table a month and now they're, they're past that. Uh, they'd already announced that that was, that was phasing out. I don't know how long this was in discussion about losing the license. The blockade podcast people indicated that they're under NDA with Farsight and they knew about it before they did that interview. So they had been known, they, it's been known for a while. Uh, oh yeah. So it's like, okay, well. I don't know how much longer Farsight, I, I agree. I just don't see the app being really viable to develop for when you've lost the king of the 90s for any new people coming in. It's not a teed off and cue ball wizard are just not going to seduce <laughs> enough people. I'm sorry. I don't care. Rowdy much- ramp round. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy ramp round. <laughs> Quit talking and start chalking. <laughs> I guess you could still have that one. In, in that. But it's like, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I mean, they've indicated they're working on other, some other stuff. I don't know if it's pinball stuff or not, but yeah, long-term viability, unless they get creative and yeah, if they go real old, I mean, I guess they, they could do a stir, a couple packs of Stern Electronics games. You could do the Atari pack to have just seven terrible playing games. There's yes. there there, there, there's, there's stuff they could do in that realm, but I just... $50, you can get seven Atari games. <laughs> yeah, and, yes. the, and the pricing, well, I know I don't know how much the, you know, but the pricing, as you stated, you only bought it on sale. That's when I only bought it on sale. It's, they were... I, oh, it's like, it's like over $300 to buy the all yeah. eight packs at full price. Yeah. yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and they didn't play right. No. If they played perfect, I didn't think about it. No, is very yeah. So, so you know, I I I think Farsight is in a lot of is going to be in a lot of trouble here. Uh, the the whole thing with the table pad, they've always been pretty shoestring. I mean, look at how many Kickstarters they had to run. Yeah, to, which I every single Kickstarter game is in this list that they worked. <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Which really, yeah. Adam's hey, Family, T two, yeah. yep, uh, TZ. Like, yeah, it's like okay, well. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yet another reason why I don't do Kickstarters. Here you go. Take it all away. Ta-da. Yay! No, but then the people argue, well, no, you're still going to be able to keep them. You just can't buy them new. Right. 
But the one thing I really, what I really liked about Farsight was that some people would find that app, you know, get the free Tales from the Arabian Nights yeah. or, or whatever. Yep. It doesn't really matter what game. And then maybe get a few more and they're like, oh, wait, they find out, oh, these are real machines. I can yeah. try and find, I can go online and look on a pinball map or whatever and, and say, oh, wow, holy crap, there's an Adams family nearby. I can yeah. actually play a real one and go out and actually get people into playing pinball. That's it might what even I hurt, liked it. it might even hurt pinball a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I thought about that. So, you know, that's the, that's the stuff that I, that I kind of worry about. But, but long term, if Scientific Games does put out a different product directly or, or under contract or whatnot, that concern gets alleviated, especially if it's a better playing product. Exactly. Well, that's everything I have for the entire show. Wow. Yeah. We made it. Woohoo. Bruce, I want to thank you. For, no, you guys, for, I, for I slumming love it. We're, we're the hashtag pewter standard. Uh, <laughs> you know, we might no, have a little bit of lead in us, uh, so don't put us in your mouth. But no, I'm I'm looking forward to next year playing you guys. If we ever get oh, you know yeah. nominated on the Twippies and everything like that, you know, and uh, against this and the uh, the trash talker, I can't wait to play you guys. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know. Do do you handle losing well? <laughs> I, I don't, but maybe you do. <laughs> oh! oh yeah well if you've looked up my rank you probably are feeling pretty confident but i make up for it with this filthy mouth in person oh, yeah, I guess I'm highly professional highly professional yeah but, you'll see uh, you'll you'll hear about us with uh the mrs pin ah uh, yes mrs pin that's a fun podcast she's got yes. a lot of energy uh, but she won't be able to keep being the newcomer deer in the headlights. I don't know anything about this pinball stuff. If she keeps doing these episodes, she's going to learn everything. She's going to just become one of us. Fil- filthy us. and false and one fallen. One of us. Yeah. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I want to extend uh, our congratulations for you on the Silver Ball Saloon and wish you all the best of luck with that venture continuing forward. Uh, it hey, sounds like things are going well. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, damn, I am. uh and uh i guess uh we'll do our closing out here and i'll I'll just say uh anyone who wants to reach out to the show you can email us eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com we're also available on various social media platforms namely facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast and we're on twitter and instagram as eclectic underscore gamers and until next time i'll just say i'm dennis i'm tony and that was bruce So long, everyone.